So the big question is this, how do veterinarians like you, who live demanding lives, who never seem to have enough time, able to achieve balance and take control of your finances with confidence? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. We are Florida Veterinary Advisors, and this is the Smarter Vet Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Smarter Vet Podcast. This is one of your hosts, Tom Seco. I'm a financial advisor and the co-owner of Florida Veterinary Advisors. And today I've got a longtime friend, someone that I've uh, been working with a lot within the veterinary profession for quite some time. And I believe he's going to be able to provide some really good insights in the different things around uh, dental and starting veterinary practices. Uh, his name is Paul Camillo. He's a team advocate and president for Your Pets Vets. So if you haven't heard of him yet, make sure to look it up. But Paul, thanks for joining me today. You're welcome. Um, uh, thank you for the invite. Absolutely. I think this is going to be a very fun episode. Hopefully, we'll see. And uh, why don't you at least give people who are listening, I'm sure some might have heard you heard about you by now. If not, um, also for the people who haven't heard about you, share a little bit about like how long you've been w- working within the veterinary profession and where you started. Yes. Uh, so I am your classic kennel person turned whatever I do today uh, in the profession. I've been in it for about 20 years. I was very fortunate to start at a wonderful practice where the practice owner was a triple boarded specialist. I went from kennel person to technician, head tech, ran the surgical department. That's where I really um, focused in on learning veterinary dentistry and not only the science behind dentistry and radiology and, and all the different procedures out there, but also the communication and compliance and service side of things. Uh, eventually, I got to the point where I finished my business degree and I got my uh, went into management, got my certified veterinary practice manager, and and enjoyed a, a wonderful 17-year career doing that. Uh, a few years ago, uh, we sold the practice. It was, it's actually just over two years ago, sold the practice. And in that process, I decided I wanted to kind of do things all over and just tweak our business model a little and try to be a little bit fancier, a little bit cooler, or uh, certainly infuse a little bit more technology into the process. And uh, thus, Your Pets Vets was born. And that's how I spend the majority of my days having fun there. That's awesome. And when did your, your your Pets Vets open? When was the first location opened? Yeah, the first location opened, uh, actually, this is our sixth month. So doors open uh, July 27th of last year of uh, the, the infamous 2020. <laughs> I know 2020 was an interesting year for many people. I know some have had, it can be looked at as a bad year, can also be looked as a great year. So uh, from our conversation, so I've been told that your practice is doing pretty well so far. Yeah, we had a, a, a very good start. Um, we can continue to grow month over month. Uh, probably one of the biggest things I'm most proud of in the practice is uh, how our laser focus around pen insurance has come to fruition. Uh, I see a giant opportunity of practicing really high quality medicine 
and turning that into a super cool service experience while leveraging uh, pet insurance. And so from day one, we really focused on getting clients to sign up for pet insurance. In the first 100 days, when I ran a report, uh, we already had 100 insured pets. We are, this is our sixth month we're in now. And last week, I looked at the number and it was uh, over, it actually was 170 insured pets in our system. That's at a clip of more than one pet getting insured every day. Uh, what that's going to turn into is a juggernaut of an organization when you fast forward, you know, two years down the road and more than 40% of our active patients have pet insurance. So pet insurance is becoming a very, very hot topic these days. And that's awesome that you're able to leverage your veterinary practice to be able to use more of the, uh, the, the insurances that are out there. I would imagine it's able to provide more care for people that weren't able to get care in the past. Oh yeah. It's amazing. Imagine that something happens to your pet unexpectedly, either gets sick or injured or whatever. And you have the ability to go to your favorite animal hospital, leave your pet there, get whatever treatments, diagnostics, surgery is necessary and walk out paying very little to none of your bill. Uh, and that's what's going on at your pets vets now. A majority of our clients are signing up for pet insurance, and uh, uh, most of them, because we're in Florida, they have a policy that includes zero deductibles and 100% coverage. So they are able to get veterinary care and a lot of times not pay anything for it. The insurance company pays the practice directly. That's awesome. Yeah, that's actually something that uh, I know that for my dog, Theodore, that we've had pet insurance for quite some time. And it's definitely our, our veterinary practice gets reimbursed directly from the insurance company. So every time we go in there, if there's anything beyond a certain uh, certain procedures or things that need to be done, the insurance company covers what they cover. We pay our deductible and then we're out of there. So that's definitely that's really cool. I'm curious from being in veterinary medicine for as long as you have, were you doing a different career beforehand? Oh, that's, that is a super uh, great question. Yes. My career was being in school uh, and I was (laughs) going to draw it out as long as possible. Uh, And it's funny. I came home one year uh, for the summer uh, and my uncle said, you're not going to sit on the couch. You're going to go out and get a job. So back then you used to look in the paper and I looked in the paper and there was a animal hospital uh, in my not too far away, two, three miles away that was hiring. And it, it happened to be the right practice for me because it uh, spawned it into a, a total career change. At the time, I was going to school for criminal justice mm. uh, and, and that's totally change my trajectory and and what I do today. That's cool. So now you're, you're in veterinary medicine. It's been, you said 28 years. No, 20 years. Okay. 20 years. 28. Jeez. Yeah. I messed that one up. I I must have over, over listened earlier. So no, that's all right. That's cool. So it's, it's because of my, the color of my hair. Yeah. Uh, It looks like (laughs) for 40 years. That's cool. 
Uh, well, so when it comes to, I'd be curious to more of in dental, because that is an area where you have a lot of expertise in. What are what do you think that veterinary practices struggle the most most when it comes to offering dental type services? Yeah, unfortunately, most animal hospitals still believe that a teeth cleaning is an elective procedure. And it's something that if the client has extra disposable income, then it's a good idea to get done. But it's not something that's necessary. Um, even more necessary is flea and tick medication. More necessary is heartworm prevention. More necessary are vaccines. Uh, but somehow dentistry kind of takes the back seat to most of those things. And the reality is that most patients that walk in the animal hospital need dental care. 85% of dogs, 70% of cats have dental disease. And uh, they really benefit health-wise from getting the, the proper treatment. Uh, so uh, in my practice from opening, we really focused in on educating clients. We made dentistry part of our wellness plan that they have the option to sign up for. Uh, every dental procedure gets full mouth x-rays, which is essential to do practicing good dentistry. And we just made a commitment to do things a little bit different. The results of that, uh, the average practice, I guess what AHA, benchmarked uh, dental production somewhere around 3.7%. Hmm. Uh, maybe that was the well-managed practice study. One of the two benchmarked it right around there. Um, my practice teeters uh, over just over 10% right now Fantastic. Uh, of our revenue is in dentistry. Uh, and I believe that we will grow into a 20% plus practice that uh, does, uh, does dentistry. So I'm really excited about that. Um, very proud that my team has embraced it that way. That's cool. So one of the things that you're saying is it's being seen more as a, an elective procedure than it is more of a necessity that they should be providing it then. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that practices need to start looking at dentistry as something absolutely necessary, something that's going to positively affect the patient's health long-term. And I believe that animal hospitals need to get the veterinarian more involved in the process. Another thing I see when, when I was going there visiting practices and helping them grow through dentistry is that it's a technician driven service. Mm -hmm. uh, so the techs are the ones that do most of the work. They anesthetize the patient, they're monitoring anesthesia, they're cleaning the teeth. Uh, if we're lucky and the practice has dental x-rays, they're doing the x-rays uh, and, and the doctors are not involved in the process as much as they should be. Uh, I, I believe that the practices that do dentistry extremely well is where the doctors are committed to treating it, not like an elective technician procedure, but something that is absolutely essential to the pet's health and where they're intimately involved in the, not so much cleaning, but certainly in the evaluating process of what's going on in the mouth. Okay. Yeah. It, it reminds me a little bit of, I, I had brought Theodore not too long ago to get his teeth cleaned. And of course they kind of brought it up here and there. I know the practice that I go to tends to be 
one of the, they run their practice really, really well, but it just doesn't seem like it was something that was commonly like, Hey, we need to get this done. We need to clean this. But I also know there's a hefty price tag that can come along with getting dental cleaning. So, you know, how are you working through that when it comes to getting people get their animals teeth done? What a great question. I am so glad you asked that. Um, So a couple of things. Um, I believe that your general practice struggles with pricing dentistry correctly. Uh, practitioners hear that there's a giant opportunity in veterinary dentistry that they should be, they hear from me that they should be over 10% in revenue. Uh, they go back to their practice, they look at their fees, they try to figure it out. And what they do is they raise their dental fees trying to capture that 10%. In actuality, the teeth cleaning oral x-rays, pre-anesthetic blood work, IV catheter, fluids, and evaluation process should be very competitive for the market. What it should cost, I mean, I don't know, uh, I think AHA benchmarked is somewhere right around $500 for the procedure. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think in most areas you could go lower than that. Uh, I believe that uh, practices that practice good dentistry are rewarded financially by finding disease and treating the disease. So I think the teeth cleaning really, not that it should be treated as, as a loss leader, but it should be extremely competitive uh, in the market. And uh, it, it's not, if you're just doing teeth cleanings, then you're, it's going to be pretty hard for your dental department to grow. The way you grow it is by getting really good at uh, taking dental x-rays, finding disease, and then treating it. Right. So when it comes to implementing dental into a veterinary practice, what are some of the things that have helped you become successful to implement it into your current practice? Sure. So education. Uh, we're very fortunate to have a referral source that sends a lot of puppies our way. Hmm. Uh, we educate the clients how important dentistry is from the very beginning. Uh, every spay and neuter gets full mouth oral x-rays. That way, even if they don't have deciduous teeth, usually they have deciduous teeth, so we get to treat that. But even if they don't have retained deciduous teeth, uh, we are x-raying it to look for missing teeth impacted teeth. We are x-raying it to check for impacted supernumerary teeth. We are just getting a baseline of what's going on in the mouth orally and uh, getting clients to understand that this is a lifelong process of taking care of the mouth. Uh, That's one thing. Secondly, I included dentistry in our wellness plan. So for a very small monthly fee, not only is your vaccines included annually, but you get some uh, diagnostic blood work at semis. You could roll that straight into a teeth cleaning. And I believe that it's the animal hospital's responsibility to create a clear plan and path to dental compliance, especially for the cleaning and evaluation. Once you find disease and have a treatment plan in place, then obviously uh, that's additional expense and the clients uh, 
you know, have to be educated on why it needs to get done. But for the cleaning and x-rays, I believe that those should be included in wellness plans. I believe that really good communication in exam rooms is necessary using imaging and taking pictures of the teeth to show it to the client. I believe that you have to not allow people to decline things because of finances without giving them an alternative option. Mm -hmm. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Educate, keep a part of the wellness program. And then at the same time, look for alternatives. I think those are all, all great things to make sure that you're focusing. And if someone were wanting to take action to improve their, their dental business that they're doing right now, what would, what is one thing that you would suggest that they should do? Oh, uh, it, very easy. Uh, less than a third of clinics have dental x-rays. So I would absolutely start with get a dental x-ray machine and commit to taking full mouth or x-rays on every case. Mm. Uh, this weekend, I am teaching a hands-on wet lab that will have a section on radiology. It's the most important thing in dentistry. Uh, could you imagine going to your dentist and them recommending to remove a tooth or a root canal a tooth without taking any dental x-rays? Uh, yeah. That, that's a little scary. Well, that, that's what unfortunately happens a lot in, in veterinary dentistry. So uh, mm. the first thing I would tell them to do is go get a dental x-ray machine and commit to full mouth x-rays on every case. And it's going to open up a world of dentistry to you. Awesome. That sounds like very smart advice there. Well, th this has been a lot of wonderful information that you've been sharing with us. And let's say that someone were interested to reaching out to you just to kind of pick your brain or just look for kind of some secondary advice. What would be the best way for someone to get in contact with you? Absolutely. They could always uh, reach out to me through LinkedIn. Uh, check out my profile there, Paul Camillo, CBPM, Fear Free Certified. Uh, and or they could shoot me an email at paul at yourpetsvets.com, paul at yourpetsvets.com, or even probably the easiest way to contact me would shoot me a text message, 954-529-7285, 954-529-7285. Awesome. That's great. So anyone, if you did miss some of that, I'll make sure to include his email within the description of the podcast. So if you want to get in contact, and, you know, to end this on a, on a more of a funny note here, if you only could eat one food for the rest of your life, what would you choose? Oh, it's a tough one, right? Oh man. I don't know what the answer will be because I would really have to give that some thought, but just to let you know where my soul lives, I'll tell you the first thing that came to my brain, which is not good. <laughs> kind of lets you know where my heart is right now is pizza oh, that's man. exactly where i went uh you could cook it any old different ways uh but yeah, absolutely would have to be pizza what's what's your favorite pizza uh i have no favorite i okay. mean i could say something like a brick oven pizza that's nice mm. and crispy and burnt and i love that but it's pretty hard to beat a, a good old new york slice oh yeah uh, so it's it's kind of hard to say. I don't have a favorite. I just uh, enjoy pizza. Yeah, pizza way too much. Well, pizza is one of those things too. It has like all of your food groups in it, right? That's right. Uh, <laughs> yes. Now, now you're thinking along my lines. Yeah. Paul, this has been fun having you on the episode today. I really appreciate you joining me. Thank you for the invite. And uh, we'll do this again, hopefully soon.
Yeah, absolutely. Well, for everyone listening, thanks for coming and listening to another great episode of Smarter Vet Podcast. If you want to get in touch with Paul, I will make sure to provide his contact information. Uh, and as always, wishing you a lifetime of financial success. Don't forget to visit our website and sign up for our newsletter. By subscribing, you'll be the first to know about upcoming race-approved CE webinars, podcast releases, short presentations, and articles that we publish. Make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on LinkedIn, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. CJ Burnett and Tom Seco are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, and financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. CJ Burnett's and Tom Seco's California licenses are 0K79676 and 0K80141, respectively. Security products and advisory services are offered through Park Avenue Securities, LLC, a registered broker-dealer, investment advisor, member of FINRA and the SIPC, and a wholly-owned subsidiary of Guardian. Florida Veneer Advisors is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. This podcast is for information purpose only. Only guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Florida Veterinary Advisors, and opinions stated are their own. This material is intended for general use. By providing the content, Park Avenue Securities LLC and your financial representative are not undertaking to provide investment advice or make a recommendation for a specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. The individuals associated with Florida Veterinary Advisors do not maintain specialized licenses or qualifications for the financial services provided to veterinary professionals. Florida Veterinary Advisors is not registered in any state or with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission as a registered investment advisor. Submission number 2023-151972 expires March of 2025.